Hey guys, welcome to Photography Insights, the show that goes behind the scenes and interviews people from the photography industry. Today we're on a very special show, we are on episode 99. This week I have a wonderful guest for you and I'm really thrilled to bring you this one because it's another first. It's an underwater photographer. Now I was sat reading um, a copy of the technology slash science magazine I read called Wired and I came across some really different photography. It was all about reefs and a biology project uh, to regrow some of the reefs. And it had these beautiful images by a gentleman called Lorenzo Mitica. Now, after checking his work, I was really impressed and contacted him. Um, Lorenzo was nothing but intriguing and fun to communicate with, so he must have been just as excited as myself. Lorenzo's work is actually known around the world for his images and work in documentaries like Natural History. Now by trade he is a marine biologist uh, but left that in Italy to work more in the photography world and get his hands mu mucky sort of thing. He's a very intelligent guy, he can speak three languages and luckily for me one of them was English. Lorenzo lives on the Dutch island of Bonaire in the Caribbean. So he talks to us about living and working as a photographer, which is a tale of weddings, portraiture, food and anything else. He talks to us about his start in photography and shooting film, all the way through to digital. He gladly provides details of his kit and how hard it is to work underwater. Now I would urge you to check out his um, split over underwater projects too. Uh, which are very different uh, photographically speaking. Check his website and you'll understand exactly what I mean because we do discuss um, a couple of these images in the show. So in this one we talk about issues with film underwater, ectochrome and velvia, working with the famous Jack Cousteau, working with windsurfers, issues with sand, camera housings, how depth can affect you, water and natural filters, underwater flash, lemon sharks and the infamous iguana shot. As always, um, I'd like to thank my uh, friends of the show. So we now have Steve at Cromer as we announced last week. So if anyone wanting to try large format, please do give Steve's site a try. You're going to see some images up and coming from me. I've been trying one of his cameras. I only finished that literally one day ago. So I'm hoping to get that back sent to him. Um, I just need to find time to develop uh, the films. I'm pretty sure 90% are going to be absolute crap. But that's my fault as a photographer and a non-experienced uh, large format photographer. So it will be interesting. And hopefully a blog article on that. Um, we do have Peter Static, who again, still working with some amazing uh, photographers. So check out his links. And also anyone wanting film developing, we have David at FilmDev with some very good prices. Please do check out uh, the show notes for anyone listening. Um, they obviously go out on iTunes and everywhere. But if you check my website, um, uh, you can listen to the show through that and you'll also be able to see some images 
which Lorenzo has supplied. Obviously they're very nice, so please do check them out. And he has put some links in there to some of the equipment he uses and really recommends. Um, and one other thing, we have a, a couple more reviews come through on iTunes. So let me just read you um, one of the recent ones. Uh, so this is from Stu McKenzie. And it says, I was interviewed recently by Andrew. He's a lovely bloke with a relaxed style and he's genuinely interested in all things photography. He was engaged and incredibly supportive of my story and showed real interest in my photography charity for veterans. Keep up the support for the industry and all the great work you do. Thank you, Stu. Um, we had a really good chat. Um, really enjoyed talking to a veteran. It was very interesting to hear about the effects of life for them and what they do afterwards. So he's just full of experience. So so many different places and some of the roles he's done um, so so interesting so please do check him out uh, obviously i followed that up with another veteran um, last week which again was completely different to Stu, um, completely different country different circumstances yet still very interesting so thank you again Stu, for that and do keep the reviews coming in remember it's literally a one minute job. All you need to do is go to itunes.flogger.co.uk. That's a shortcut. That'll get you to the page and you just scroll down to the bottom and you click on write a review. That's it. Very, very easy. Right, for anyone following um, my social media and blog, you can see I've wrote a couple of articles in there. And the last one was all to do with my um, first group shoot since um, lockdown. Uh, I talk a little bit about um, my nerves getting back out there into the real world. Because um, as you all know, I've been sort of uh, at home, so not been going near people. So it was an interesting experience. Um, I only shot film uh, for them film lovers out there. Um, but please don't let that detract from anything. I'm sure you'll agree um, I managed to get some good images and the models were very happy. So uh, there'll be more articles coming soon um, but uh, for the minute uh, we are concentrating on other things which you'll find out uh, next week. So let's move you on to the music and away our guest Lorenzo. <laughs> And welcome to the show, Lorenzo. Hello. <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> no, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulty at the beginning, but we're now up and running. Yes, that's right. But now I can hear you very <laughs> well, and uh, hopefully you can hear me very well. <laughs> yeah, so this is part of... Uh, technology for us sometimes uh, it's nice and sometimes it's awful isn't it yes that's very very true i i struggle every day with technology i i love it one day and and for a week i hate it 
and this is why I shoot film. I, I like the ability to go away, not worry, one setting, maybe shutter, aperture, nothing else. Um, and then you can do your digital um, editing afterwards. So yeah, that's right. I actually I I come from that. I'm 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 fifty fifty one actually, and okay. uh, I I come from that world. I mean the analogic, and uh, I was shooting, of course, in thirty five mils, and uh, and I started my professional career started shooting movies in in thirty five mils. So I was working for the cinema industry. Uh, shooting underwater in films, and I I missed that that time. So it was very it was an adventure. Every time I I put the real <laughs> the pizza inside the camera, yeah, you never know what could happen. Yeah, and then and then you have to wait. Like uh, that that was the the greatest part to 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 wait the results. So after a great trip also an adventure abroad somewhere and then you have to wait the, mm -hmm. the process yeah how, how long would you wait sorry how how long would you wait for the film what do you mean how long do i wait for uh, to turn it into a ah, film or a video okay or... no i was working as a cameraman for productions so uh, I mean, I, I never developed uh, my my movie. I I just film and then give give the thing away and then see the result. I mean, the movie on the big screen, like probably mm -hmm. a few months or a year later. But I never participate. Wow. To... See, that's so different from you going, bang. There's your photo. I can see it. Yeah. I mean. That must be different for you. Um, the experience of going click or the experience of being underwater and with film. It's totally different. If if I mean underwater, especially you cannot change your film. So I remember the oh. time that I used to go with one or two cameras and bring, you know, this bulky gears with you because one with a uh, 64 uh, Ektachrom Belgia or whatever, and the other, mm -hmm. uh, the 200 or, or two different cameras with two different lenses. But anyway, we had 30, 36 exposures at that time. And yeah, you can pull it to 39 probably, but I, I, mm -hmm. I had really to be, you know, focus and do not lose uh, the shots because uh, then and always remember to leave at least one or two shots um, at the end because something can happen. Uh, so probably nothing happens and you shoot, you, you just use your film on the water, you know, for the hour that you have. And then yeah. uh, you run out of exposures, and uh, and that's it. And the shark comes to you, and the best shot is lost. You know? And uh, oh. so then I learned uh, this from a photographer of uh, of the Calypso of Jacques Cousteau. He told me also, yeah, just <sighs> never never finish your exposure. Just leave always one, two, or three, because you never know. And and this is true. Always happen 
always something incredible happens at the very end. <laughs> now, now there is not anymore this problem. So you have a thousand shots, yeah. uh, you know, 64 gigabytes uh, memory card and <laughs> maybe two slots. So <laughs> mm. yeah, I, it, it never goes down. I always say 1K and never goes down. And boom, boom. <laughs> But then, yeah, it gives you more opportunity to change your settings and and uh, experience different lights and uh, techniques. And then you come back mm-hmm. home still wet, and then you plug it in the computer and you see your results. Yeah, it's great. It's incredible. Mm. It's, it must be a game changer for your industry. It's it is. Uh, I think that at the very beginning I struggled to, I mean, the idea to, to have this, these files and which are mm. virtual, it's not physical. Yeah. So all my work yeah, yeah, yeah. now, it's in a little box and uh, I freak out if I think that <laughs> if I lose that, I lose all my work. No? So, yeah. And uh, still I have my boxes of slides and the dia in in the garage in in italy and and uh, and they are there so forever so uh but the thing is that uh, i remember those times when i traveled with 50 reels 60 reels in my pocket uh taking care of them temperature the you know carry them put it in the fridge then and then when you come back yeah. you have to be uh uh you know to be careful with the with the x-rays in um, at, at the airport and and then you come back yeah. and you see that something is ruined well it wasn't it was different and now i travel with you know i don't have any more of course this problem and for for a professional it's it's much better uh, I mean, of course, you. Mm. I can rely on on a lot of shots, and I know that I'll bring back something because I have more opportunity. So I can shoot broadcasts mm. and and, uh, uh, and have no problem. Even when I do action action photography in the, in the water for windsurfers, surfers, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't have to worry about how many how many shots i take mm. like i just go <laughs> like this and uh, <laughs> something it's 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 it will be impressed so <laughs> yeah it's do you think it's the speed so like if you're taking a picture of a surfer is it because moment you can get your shot is so fast yeah well i didn't do at that time of the analogic uh that kind of photography like action photography okay uh, but now i'm taking like sequences and uh and then i edit the sequences uh especially mm-hmm. for windsurfers i freeze moments but I, if i take the whole action like a movie then you can choose the frames and uh mm. that's that is relatively much easier and then you don't finish i mean i take like 11 12 frames per second and and uh 
uh, at that time you were just uh, at the half of the half of the film so then you should change the film yeah. so especially in the water to open the housing to open the camera take it out clean everything it's it's uh, it's a work and you have to do it well otherwise the the, the water can come in because one grain of sand is is in between the you know the back plate and the, and the shell so uh. you i mean everything has to be done properly in a clean house mm. in a clean room and yeah okay. i mean this is all so different and interesting let's talk about the gear for a change because in your industry it's so different i mean what do you need to take a photo say underwater um enough to cover sharks and fishes underwater what do i need what do i use okay. yeah so yeah. i i basically imagine to have the same gears that you have for land photography like a top side okay. and but then all these gears has to be in uh, like uh, protected from the water so uh, it has to be in uh, what we call the camera is in a housing so there's a big housing mm-hmm. uh, i have it here and uh, is uh, the, the dslr goes in this housing and all the functions are are remoted outside can be mechanically can be um, electronically i prefer mechanic because mechanic Uh works all the time and it doesn't fight with water Uh, there was a moment where people believed well the, the 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 manufacturers believed more in electronics so they reported everything with a usb cable inside no leverages no buttons just one one uh plug uh that goes inside mm-hmm. and then all the functions remoted with a real remote control but then the water always the, there is condensed humidity whatever that that make the thing fail uh mm-hmm. so mechanic I, be, I am from the side of that prefer mechanical things. So my housing is very bulky, very to, to in order to keep my, uh, I use Nikon D810 now in the, in the housing. And uh, I need to have access uh, to all the controls. So to the, man, to the menu uh, and all the functions. So each single mm. button has to be reported, has to be remoted outside. Has to, you, ha- you, you are to be able to, you have to be able to, to push one yeah. button and inside there is kind of <laughs> an intricate system of levers, shuffles and stuff that goes on that button and, and gives you back wow. the, the thing. So, but each of that, each of, this buttons has uh, because that those buttons are moving, they can be yeah. they can be a way of leaking water. So you have to maintain this gear <laughs> very well. Uh, yeah. So I use a normal DSLR, 
uh, full frame and uh, with normal yeah. lenses. And inside uh, our housing with a big dome port, and uh, which is a glass uh, uh, dome port, like a dome. Okay. For for the fisheye, because normally underwater you use two or three lenses, not not more than that. Like you normally you you are very extreme, like uh, very wide angle, like uh, fisheyes. So I use a fifteen wow. millimeter uh, full frame wow. all the time, um, and uh, and then when I do macro, I use the uh, the fifty the sixty millimeter. So there's there's nothing in between. Uh, some people from macro use the the hundred five, but or the hundred millimeter, but it's it's two different way of taking macros. So yeah. yeah, and then you need light. That's the 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 problem is that you need a lot of mm. light, and uh, every meter you go down, even in very clear water, you lose colors and you lose light. And I mean environmental light, and you lose all the reds, you lose the orange, you lose all the you know the the warm colors of the scale uh, of yeah. the spectro. And uh, so, in order to get back those colors, you you need to use uh, very powerful strobes, which are underwater strobes. So are strobes inside uh like a, a yeah another um, housing and uh -huh. uh, now are sealed so there are brands of course there is a world behind that uh, for underwater photography there are many brands right. producing underwater strobes and, and they are more expensive than the housing probably sometimes so it's very very expensive gears then you need arms in order to keep the strobes in the in yeah. position and uh, any different subject, uh, any kind of light, you have to move and readjust. It's very, it's very, uh, you know, not stressful, but uh, you need to be focused. <laughs> and beside that, of course, you have to dive. So you have to be aware that your life is depending from the, the scuba gears. <laughs> Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you 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 chase the best the best um, uh, shot, and and you oops, mm -hmm. you see your gauge, your your pressure gauge, and and the air is at the limit. So, oh, so what's the you know? Yeah, and you want to take it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anything for the shot. Exactly. Yeah. That's what <laughs> makes difference. <laughs> That's yeah. sometimes you need. That must it must be hard for lighting though. So do you have to have like big stands for the seabed? How do you yeah, control I, the lights? I have I have these arms coming out from my my camera. And uh okay. yeah. Like, uh, I'll show you. So I have it here. So. <laughs> ah, okay. I see. So it's like a tripod, but with four. It's uh, so the camera and oh, then nice. these arms, yeah. and you can now I have light video lights on it, so very light and very small. And uh, yeah, and this is the behind. So. Wow. So, and 
of course, nowadays, um, you can, with the fiber optic and with slaves, all the flesh, all the strobes are, can work as slaves. So you can, you can put another third light on the tripod behind the coral. If you want to be more uh, creative and artistic, you can create atmosphere uh, using uh, triggering your strobes in camera. Uh, nice. Then you yeah. you flash also you fire also the the remote strobe. Um, yeah, there are many many ways. I mean, some people goes even without strobes, just with natural light. But of course, it's it's a limitation. And uh, in, in professional uh, photography, when they when I am under assignment, I. I, I have to carry out my work anyway. They don't care how. Yeah. So if I go in a big yeah. wreck, you have to do pre, uh, like a preliminary dives and check how is the environment, where the natural mm -hmm. light comes in, uh, if there are opening that the light comes in or not. Use that light as a you know uh, artistic or effect. Mm -hmm. And then to 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 take out all the colors, you need you need the artificial light. Yeah. Okay, that's that's really interesting. It is. Is it is it any different then in different parts of the world? Because um, the sea is different. Like you say, the, the height and depth. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. different. Oh, I mean. There are differences in depth in the same in the same spot, like in the same water column. Like uh, if I dive here on Bonaire in Caribbean, uh, I have basically clear water, but uh, it depends mm -hmm. on the current. It can changes. Uh, depends if it did rain, uh, and then I'm close. I'm close to a, a water like stream or a creek or whatever that goes out in the sea. Then. The water can be affected and uh, the visibility. Sometimes there is a lot of visibility horizontally, but there is no visibility in the, like in vertical or the opposite. And yeah. the Mediterranean is very clear, for example, because it's a very poor from zooplankton. And uh, mm. so there are less organisms in the water. So the water is much clearer. You have 50 meters, yeah. even 70 meters visibility. And uh, sometimes, like, you go in, uh, in very cold water, like uh, Canada or whatever, some places, or lakes, or and uh, the water is green, totally green. Like, you have a blue uh, green filter on it. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's the main problem is that the water acts like a blue filter. So right. you have this blue filter all the time. And uh, even if you have mm. the most powerful light, uh, there are particles in the water, like cloud, yeah. like, a, like a dust, a cloud of dust. And, and you highlight mm. this. This is the, the, the worst. This is the nightmare for. Uh, it's a nightmare, especially for the beginners, because they don't know how to orientate the, the, the strokes. They just pretend to put the light there, and it's not like that. I struggle. I struggled <laughs> for years. 
always they say, ah, oh, I would like to take picture like you. Can you teach me? So, yeah, of course, of course, I give you, I give courses and classes, but you need yeah. to experience, you need to to spit blood, <laughs> really, and and, and, <laughs> and 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 to fight with your wife. <laughs> Because you you always try to to improve your gears, but you never improve your your photography, and uh, so it's all about technique mm. and and experience. Like I go in the water every day, and I can really process my mistakes and, and figure out. I wake up at night, ah, I have to do this. Oh no, I should do that like that. Like I was working in the mangroves; it was very muddy. And mm-hmm. and then I I had to find out how to carry out my work because it, it was very muddy. Like okay, it's the environment. Mm-hmm. I want to show also the the reality of the environment, but I have to show yeah. something. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, even if you have the most powerful strobes, they they don't break. They don't go through the water more than meter and a half oh, wow so, and the, the guide number of my strobes is it's 32 which is the highest possible for this oh. commercial thing and uh in the water yeah they don't go more than one meter and a half so God, that's so different. So, to yeah, so you have to play a lot with speed shatter sometimes. Then you learn a lot. You learn. I learned like this because I started to. I I was at the beginning stuck for years on my one out to one hundred fifty. You know, just to to be sure. Yeah. Underwater, and then of course you know that strobes sometimes with this DSLRs they don't they don't shoot with faster or but anyway, yeah. I tried to, and and I was, I I didn't think too much at that time. Then I learned, and uh, I I started to use, uh, and now I do a lot. I use uh, longest, I mean, uh, uh, speed shutter, like one out of sixty mm-hmm. or fifty. But you know that if you freeze the subject with the strobe, you can. Uh, you can freeze it even even at one out of ten, like very slow, yeah. very very yeah. very, and uh, I mean not with a fast time uh, speed mm-hmm. shutter. So and then another world opened to me because uh, it's now I have these beautiful effects and I'm using uh, the strobe uh, the second curtain sync. Mm-hmm. On the strobe, uh, underwater, and and you have this uh, because everything moves. Uh, so yeah. fish are always this; uh, they they always have this nice shadow, sure. yeah, yeah, shadow, and and the background is moving, and so you can use it also for. Uh, one thing I, I I don't want to increase are the eyes the ISO because I I, I mm-hmm. really like sharp images I really like uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that crispy and and cutting edges mm-hmm. so I I tr- and also I work in a dark environment so high ISO with dark environment always gives me back uh, noises in the, yeah. in the dark in the shade in the shades. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of 
technical issues. <laughs> yeah. It sounds uh, very, very hard. Yeah, but, you know, if you like it, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in. I can't, I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you some, some sometimes yeah. I wanted to to smash everything all over the wall or <laughs> on the wall and give up and do weddings. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you eat something you and drink. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a bit different for you, isn't it? Mm. Must be um, so much planning. I mean, it's a lot of. I mean, how. Um, how long would your equipment last then underwater? Is it more a case of um, you breathing than the equipment? Weakest link is the uh, the weakest part are the strobes. If you shoot, oh, if okay. you shoot at full power, uh, then in order to have what you really need. Uh, then after yeah, 45 minutes of shooting, uh, they will start to fail. And you probably, you probably have the last, if you stay an hour, well, in the shallow water, you can stay an hour. Like yesterday, I, was, I, I, I did a dive of 72 minutes. And, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and then the strobes, I knew that, so I have to reduce the power of the strobe in order to have those 20 minutes more. Uh, battery yeah. of the camera, no problem. Uh, okay. Cards, I have two slots, so 64 gigabytes each, so no problem at all. But yes, yeah, yeah in the past, mm. yeah, in the past there was, yeah, limitation. The limitation was the film. And for filming yeah. instead, it was the, the tape uh, yeah. or the lights. Yeah, normally the light, the, the video lights are the weakest also, are very, <clears throat> yeah. So would you would you have to go back up, change the batteries, and then can you go back down? Not really. I mean, you can't go up and down, okay. and uh, there are rules for diving. And uh, yeah. so <clears throat> you have to respect those rules in order to survive and bring back your skin. <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, sometimes working, we we in the team, when we work, sometimes we work in teams, we did many stupid things like uh, going back, change, take out the water from, from the housing that was leaking <laughs> and put everything together and jump in the water again or changing batteries and jumping in the water again, but it shouldn't be done because it's very risky. So okay. sometimes you give one dive one session then you wait uh the time that you have to wait it depends on the debt and the, and the kind of diet you've done right and then you go back yes i mean that's so different oh yeah 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 you... like now i'm filming for discovery channel and uh, there was a they were asking mm -hmm. how many dives i need in order to carry out the work so you have to plan mm -hmm. the thing that a dive can last let's say 50 minutes 45 50 minutes but all inclusive mm -hmm. so means that you are not shooting for 45 minutes 
Yeah. So probably you shoot half or one third. So it depends on the depth. The more deep you go, mm-hmm. the, deep, the deeper you go, the, the less you shoot. So I remember years ago, I had to shoot very, very, probably my, my deepest dive at 107 meters. It was a technical dive in, inside the wreck. And the, the total dive uh, with mixed gas and everything was uh, the total. The total dive with decompression was more than three hours. But I shot 15 minutes. I had 15 minutes to shoot. And those 15 minutes, probably one or two were good because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. So, imagine to make a documentary. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, this is this is something in number. If if this is my very first one of my very first professional work I've done, I was part of a team shooting a documentary about the night life in the Mediterranean. Nightlife means the the, the wildlife that happens at night. And yeah. I was shooting with um, with one of the photographer, which was Italian, of uh, Jacques Cousteau of the Calypso, yes, famous yeah. Jacques Cousteau. And uh, we did, in, in many years, we did um, uh, 2,400 uh, 2, dives. We shot 1,400, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, 1,400 uh, hours of diving. Wow, and we had we had uh, eighty hours of total filming, and we did a documentary of fifty minutes. (laughs) (laughs) For fifty minutes, my. So that 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 was the proportion, and sometimes you don't know what you get. So you go down and you you think you want to film that, but it's not there. Or you can have technical issues with your diving things. If everything goes well, you have probably something with your lights or probably with your camera or probably with your tripod or, yeah. Mm. So it's, it's like everybody. It's frustrating. Yeah. But outside, you know, you just change. And uh, I don't want to say that it's, mm. it's, it's easier outside because I also do safari and uh, all these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. And mm. and you have other issues, um, mm. so it's 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 just different, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Do you want a an a annoying bride shouting at you for a wedding, or would you rather have a shark? Yeah, exactly. I would rather have a shark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I prefer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can understand. I can that. deal with that. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've worked all over the world. Uh, well, I don't want to say that. I, I cannot say that. Not all all over the world. I I've been in in, uh, in, in a few places. Yeah. Uh, a few places. <laughs> yeah. And what what's some of your favorites then? Uh, this is a very difficult uh, questions that I've been asked many times, and uh, I mm. always answer. For me, there is not a favorite place. I love my Mediterranean Sea because I grew up there and Mm. I've done 
many 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 dives and i i i i i, I love it but honestly mm-hmm. each different place it's a different in terms it's a different place so you cannot expect when you go up in the mountain to find the same atmosphere that you have at the sea or up mm-hmm. in the hills or in the meadows or in the woods or whatever so i i ex- i have different experiences i i learn to appreciate even a, a murky uh, harbor uh, mm-hmm. you know diving in a harbor sometimes it's it's quite it's it's exceptional like people say what okay. yeah it's yeah. it's kind of a dump but yeah. but you find things and you discover life that you would never imagine and um, and then you appreciate that but you cannot say that that is better than a, a reef or at the same time yeah. I would say, okay, the reef, it's a beautiful environment. You cannot compare it with the harbor. But, you know, you yeah. find excitement. You find things. I, I love discoveries. I love adventures. Uh, so I find yeah. in these different places, different uh, feelings, different emotions. And uh, so I don't care if I go there or on another place. I... Yeah, I see that people, especially divers, they they are they are stuck. They they go where the mm. industry tells you to go. Like, oh, you have to go to Maldives. Mm. You have to. Of course, it's beautiful, but why yeah. not experience the sea that you have in front of your house, or if you have it, or mm. just next, yeah. or go anyway, anywhere. Like as a marine mm. biologist and photographer, I. I would explore every single meter uh, of of the ocean. Mm. Like I'm, yeah. if I have to say, uh, I remember places that were very uh, exclusive and very like incredible uh, mm. as wildlife, and like Australia, for example. Mm-hmm. There are some spots, some specific spots. Uh, like the Navy Pier in Western Australia, it's about uh, close to Ningaloo Reef, Western Australia. It's one one thousand k's up north from from uh, Perth, and uh, it's just a spot. Uh, it's there is a, a dock, a military army do- uh, jetty, and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to get there. And uh, but underneath, like in fourteen meter of water. There is the whole life, the whole Indian Pacific uh, ah, expected wow. life from groupers, sharks, yeah. small things, and corals, and and it's incredible. So I remember that. I remember my experience in South Australia with the uh, sea lions. And uh, mm. uh, I think so. I think that's a better question. It, it's what are your best memories, really, in certain. I think that's the same for every photographer. Um, you, you have an average day, an average picture. Yeah. But sometimes um, there's a memory there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in the sea, everything can change. Sometimes you don't expect things like with my with my partner, my, my, my wife. Uh, 
Elisabetta, I, I was just going for a normal snorkeling afternoon, just relaxing. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have my camera and uh, we just put the foot in the water and she said, sharks. And I said, what? I said, yeah. And I said, no, you're joking. And so I said, okay, now we wait. We were just with water like this. And, uh -huh. and we wait 30 minutes and this shark came back and was a lemon shark and nobody saw lemon sharks in that side of the island in the south, uh, okay. southwest of Bonaire on sand, like white sand. And people didn't believe that, but I went for a few days and took pictures and uh, and we could found we could find again the sharks. There were three big lemon sharks, and uh, just in the middle of water. And probably people goes there without care without caring, so they don't even put their yeah. heads; they just walk, and uh, and they would never see it. And uh, yeah, and, uh, so I started to cool. just. That's also why I, I decided to explore parts of the island which were less explored underwater because the water is shallow. And I found colony of like a yeah. group of sharks in the, in the mangroves. And um, uh, and these are some of the photos out there that I've seen. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Yeah, the nurse sharks are very common and uh, yeah, harmless almost uh, yeah. sharks in the Caribbean, but in the mangroves and, and, and find them to find them always in the same spot, like, like a resident group. It was quite mm. something uh, I didn't, I didn't release where I, I did find it yeah. to the, to the people here, because I'm afraid that then fishermen can catch them. And so I'm trying to, okay. as a convers uh, conservationist photographer, I'm trying to, you know, study a little bit then yeah. without being invasive, uh, taking pictures, understand a little bit of their habits and, uh, and give more value to the mangroves as environment, as habitat, mm. because it's really a misunderstood habitat, like, People think that it's a muddy mm -hmm. dump or full of mosquitoes or and nothing is in there, but it's full of life. It's incredible. It's a nursery of, of the reef. And now are coming mm -hmm. out some articles for the for some magazines about about this work yeah. I'm doing, and uh, I'm very uh, I'm very glad that people is is appreciating at least here on the island is appreciating a little bit more this uh yeah. environment yeah yeah th this must be um a big change to think of um some of the life and protecting it more um photography helps i think um because you get in the papers yeah. and you're getting into discovery channel and that's where people like me and the public really take this yeah. in yeah i started i had to put myself in the you know start to think as a person that doesn't live in an island i yeah 
like this. This is kind of like extreme life, no, for or dreamy life for most of the mm. people. Uh, is mm. it is just another kind of life or living? It's normal. Everything <laughs> is normal. But mm. I was following my dreams. I was following. We were following our dreams and and, and the ocean. So mm. for me, everything is normal. I mean, to go every day and probably spend an hour with my sharks or following the coral restoration projects is normal. But I discovered that it's not for the rest of the world. Like they say, coral restoration, what? You can gardening the corals or you can can replant (laughs) the corals. Yes. But for me, it's normal because I live in this world. So... I try to put myself in this other, uh, on the opposite side, and uh, and I say, okay, so everything can make, you know, uh, can be exciting, can be really uh, new, and can be uh, uh, something that shows how beautiful it is and how mm. complex is our planet our world at least my ocean mm. world and photography helps because you show the best part you show i mean yeah. you 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 give possibilities to other people that would never put their head under water to see what is there mm. and uh mm. and because of that probably they started to appreciate a little bit more and if you tell a story behind that uh, it's even more uh, so I, I learned and I'm very thankful to uh, a National Geographic editor uh, David Lee that once he contacted me and he, he, he was telling to me how I mean, how uh, he appreciated my photography, my underwater photography. and uh, um, But he said, be careful, don't stop to the single shot. Don't stop to the single uh, frame. Like you have beautiful pictures, but then what's the point to have a beautiful single picture? Create a story behind. Uh. So be a storyteller. And I said, okay, I'm a marine biologist. I love the ocean. I I probably have to use my photography as, uh, how do you say, like, like, yeah, oh no, like a tool, like something, yeah, yeah, a tool to to describe what is happening. So if if I tell the real story about, you know, the caption, the caption is really important. So I started to, a, a, a new world opened to me because I, I started to retake probably the same pictures with another mindset. Mm. And, uh, and, and, cool. and some pictures that I didn't give any value then now are making sense because are part of the story. So if you put six pictures together, mm. then you tell a story with a very, you know, strong uh, motive caption and and, and, yeah. uh, and can open the eyes i i try to do this then i don't know if i succeed but i try with my instagram my facebook and things i i don't like to use them for private i i use them only for you know 
showing what do we have and how things are working. So. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, when I read um, Wired magazine, uh, and obviously that's where I saw your work, um, it was mainly about the coral and growing it again, yeah. protecting, re-seeing. I mean, that's not just photography. Like you say, th this is, um, what is it? Is it biology? It's biology, yeah. Marine, marine biology, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I studied. So I did this. I have a degree in, my, in, marine, in marine biology master. Okay. My master also was in uh, oceanography. And uh, yeah, this is the way always, also, also in, in, in the past, I was working for the Italian television as an underwater cameraman and mm -hmm. for natural histories uh, series or documentaries or how do you want to call it, programs. And I've seen the differences between me, not because of me, but between a person that has knowledge in what he is filming and just a cameraman. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. for example, be a marine, but because I was a little bit worried that I lost my time and my, you know, uh, thing to to study, you know, mm -hmm. because I did the studies and then nothing happened really like uh, finding a okay. work as a marine biologist in, the, in Italy was very very difficult unless you don't want to leave behind a desk and I didn't want uh, uh, I wanted uh, to stay in okay. the field but uh, it's different probably yeah. in the UK or in America or in Australia you, you go in the field you go on the vessels but not in Italy hmm. so my passion was photography and filming so I put everything together and I said, okay, now I can film, but I know what I'm filming. I can also be the consultant, scientific consultant. Then I became the underwater anchorman. Mm. Then I I started to, I said, okay, I can make documentaries because I'm, the only thing I can't do is the voiceover and the music. So mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wanted to translate the scientific world uh, to the people mm -hmm. because I remember my at that time more than 20 years 25 years ago probably 30 years ago I remember my grandmother watching the the underwater footage and say oh these these flowers are beautiful I say are not flowers are corals corals are animals and they said well, people doesn't know that corals are animals so probably right. instead of saying the scientific name I should, I should explain like uh, you explain mm -hmm. to kids what is like. Yes, so, yes, yeah. So I had to 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 invent this this way of communicate very scientific from a scientific level to a normal mm. common, yeah. And uh, mm. so I always believed that that was my mission. <laughs> To bring what is incomprehensible but beautiful, and explain yeah. with in, with incomprehensible words, bring it in a simple way, and uh, yeah. yeah. But then, well, yeah, then filming was was difficult. You need to have you know productions behind a lot of 
money mm-hmm. and things. Photography is something that if you succeed as an individual, you can succeed very well. I mean, you can you can have a good exposure. You are just yourself, and you know, mm. one one frame tells the story and all these things that we know. But uh, it's mm. it's very impactful. Yeah. Now everybody does videos, even with the mobile phones. So. <laughs> and, uh, yeah i think what you're saying though the the story is everything into it you have to get the story you have to get the message yeah yeah you really have to it's really really important and uh yeah i think it's the most important thing and now my projects are here since one year are Uh to to find a topic and like all photographers or journalists who does and uh, and just go go and create material and while I'm create material I discover different things like every day I go into the mangroves I discover other things and then all yeah. the links all the the net is is building so it's very interesting and uh if i can turn it in in the living then it's more interesting <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, yeah because the problem is that that to to support that kind of photography which is the most beautiful for me of course i yeah. i need to do everything so i need to do i don't want to shift from this kind of work to another completely different so probably I'm yeah. I'm too spoiled, but I if I do something different, I I do some different photography or filming or mm-hmm. okay I work with tourists yeah. or I do uh, now always wedding which wedding also it's 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 something I mean for people who does wedding I know that there are incredible photographers and it's it's not easy at all. But I use because it's totally different from my from my kind of photography. But I have to do everything: so real estate, wedding, portraits, uh, food photography, uh, <laughs> horse photography, and uh, sports photography. Everything and everything is different. So I go a little bit crazy when I have to set up my gears from one day to another because. I mess up everything. <laughs> I have two cameras, but I, I mess them up all the time. And I forget. I go underwater with the, <laughs> the speed shutter. The, 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 yeah, the, the, the speed Uh-oh. shutter, one out of 5,000. Because the day before, I shot action. So, yeah. Oh, dear. But in order to support uh, the dreams, you have to, to be able mm. to do all the rest. Which is you know, yeah, elasticity, uh, flexibility. Sorry, yeah. Hmm. But that's I think that's the same for everyone. Um, some of us have day jobs, so we only experience the good things, um, making things we want to do and we're proud of. Um, and some people have said to me that sometimes sometimes the best thing to do um, if you enjoy your day job it's maybe not where your heart is um, 
so for me my heart is always going to be in photography but i like my day job um i like getting up in the morning doing my work um at the same time i love finishing and then playing with my children and yeah. doing photography so everyone's different yeah of course everyone's different everybody has to follow his his dreams i think that if everybody could uh, would be able to follow his dreams then we, will, we would live in a mm. in a happy world <laughs> oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. i mean i was looking at um some of your projects and although there's um you know you can see you are a man of water and underwater i love the differences so you've got um, say a shark underwater and then you've got this where you are obviously just at the line where you've just come up out the water yes. and you can see waves and you sort of merged it in yeah. to a sunset yeah. and the colors oh yeah yeah that then i have to those are mm. the what we call split photography or over under over under yes. or split yeah. photography like the frame is splitted in the top side and the underwater yeah it's it's a very cool technique and yeah i love it for a few reasons uh, but especially uh, when i have to tell a story when i have uh, in an article or in within a story uh, an over under picture uh, especially if the story is underwater, uh, the over under always, uh, how do you say, uh, 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 contextualized the, the mm. story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, locate, I mean, you know, because underwater, okay, if you see a picture underwater, uh, then you don't know what is outside. But if you see the over under and then you see the the other underwater pictures then you your mind is hooked already and you know what is outside of course you have the top side and the underwater but one frame that shows everything it's it's amazing and uh, so contextualization for the stories and then of course the beauty of having uh, the, 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 the 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 top side and uh, and the underwater world in the same frame it's it's a very kind of difficult technique uh in order to clean the the, the glass sorry to keep the glass clean um the dome because you have to put the dome the, the camera half out and half in the water mm. and then the focus where do you focus what exposure you have two three stops probably differences so yeah technically it becomes challenging so every 10 pictures probably half becomes <laughs> <laughs> half picture is 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 doable is editable and uh, that's good i started to to do it because i do also fine art photography what well mm -hmm. i call it fine art uh, it's is is uh, wildlife or nature photography uh, stretched or pulled to the limit mm -hmm. in order to create pieces of 
art to put on the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. We print it in, in acrylic, and uh, you know it's 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 a very good market when it happens. And, uh, but it's something. I, yeah, I, I have something from there, something from here, something from yeah. a little bit. So yeah, and I see that the over/under shots are very nice on the wall. <laughs> Also, yeah, also. I can so when you have this uh, very beautiful waters, colors, yeah. Yeah, because they're so different from here, for instance, or wherever people are listening from. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. that's part of yeah. it. My, my aim when I shoot is to drag the attention, to, to let the viewer... Uh, feel part of of the picture. So I notice when I did exhibition, or if people stays more than ten seconds or five seconds, probably now uh, in front of your one of your, <laughs> it's it's something. And when you see people yeah. s- stop and stare and look all the details, I really like details. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you won, you know, awards, and that iguana shot. Yeah, the iguana shot I mean, is the. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Actually, the Beautiful. the iguana shots is the I I have to say is the one that made me do the step, the giant step. Um, mm. I was totally unknown. I'm not saying that I am a known photographer, but now I have an international, you know, uh, I have feedback, I'm published and whatever. But when I did that shot, uh, I came out of the water and, uh, and I always have to thank my wife always for this because I was not giving any credit to that. Because here we are full of iguanas, and for me it was natural again. Okay. But I never seen an iguana in the ocean, especially I've seen it, but from far. They are very shy, mm-hmm. and uh, they. So I was I was trying to take a picture of the cave with the sunset. Mm-hmm. So I had that in mind since days. I had a friend with that cave, with the house and the cave just in the cliff down so i asked him if i could go there and take the picture and i went there at five o'clock i waited and i was cleaning my dome and and waiting for the right moment and uh, suddenly so i took pictures one after the other all the same and suddenly i heard screaming and uh, i thought it was my wife on the cliff that she was trying to tell me that something was coming towards me. But I was in the cave, so I couldn't really hear. It was a semi-submerged cave. And and I had the hood, so I couldn't hear very well. And I said, okay, probably it's late, so I have to go back because there were two hours that I was in the water waiting for the right light. But she was telling me that something was swimming from far towards the cave. She could see. From the, from the cliff. <laughs> then I I understood that something was going on, and I shot. I I, I took three shots, like pam pam pam, just to wait, waiting my flash recycling. 
And and then I went back home and I say, oh, what was that fish? Because I didn't realize that was an iguana. And because I I didn't wow. look I I don't look in the in the LCD when I should because it was too I was too focused on the on the loop in the viewfinder. Okay. So yeah, I I saw the picture. It was a little bit dark, but then I said, oh, an iguana. And then the first was like this. Another was vertical, and the third was perfectly like. 10 centimeters from my fisheye, perfectly on focus. And the eye was so on focus, that was incredible. And I sent, she said, send it immediately to, to, to the editor, National Geographic. And I said, no, but they probably, they, they have heaps of them. And, and immediately I was published. And they said, they said it was, it was the picture of the week, the, pic- the picture of the day, picture of the week, the picture, the best pic- uh, one of the best 20 picture of National Geographic in the, in the I don't know, in the year oh. and the picture of the month. And then the Smithsonian, I won the Smithsonian natural photo contest with that and still is gaining. I don't know how, but still is, is getting awards <laughs> and, and stuff. And then I realized that there were no other pictures like that. So I was in the right place, wow. right moment, with the right person that, <laughs> that told me to, to shoot. And uh, yeah, and I always say a very strong will to and passion. Yeah. Because I was there for the sunset and I wanted to do, I had in mind to do this over under sunset in the cave, which for me was already the best picture of the year. But uh, then with the iguana was obviously unique. And, uh, yeah. So this, this is my, probably my, uh, not my best picture, but probably the most famous picture of yeah. my, of my portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Still. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll get there one day. Sorry, I'll get there one day. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, when 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 you do not expect something happens, mm. but in order to let it happen, you have to go there. Yeah. It's like you want to win the lottery; you have to buy the ticket. Yeah, and uh, and probably you win. If you dream about winning, then you don't buy the ticket. <laughs> so at least you have to go every. That's why I always go with the in my heart. I know I say, okay, something will happen. Of course, yeah. it will never happen. What do I expect? Like I want to do this. It will never happen like this. It happens always yeah. something different for a reason, probably. So. I go really with uh, with my flow. No, that's good. No. That's a very good point. Um, what I want to do now, um, so I think that's the formal part done, um, to be honest, uh, Lorenzo. Now, <clears throat> so I normally ask my guests some random questions. They're just some silly questions. Hopefully, they're not too stupid. You don't understand them. I hope. I hope. If you don't put your uh, English uh, humor. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so let's try this and see how we get on. I'll try it nice and slow for you. If the moon is made of cheese, what flavour would it be? Oh, for me, blue cheese. I love blue cheese. <laughs> okay. Blue cheese. Blue cheese. Oh, no. I, I love it. I would jump on the moon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, Shakespeare is remembered for the quote, to be or not to be. What would you like to be remembered as saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably is always because my ego. I don't want. I, I I would love to be to be remembered as the best underwater photographer ever. <laughs> I know, I know, it's good. good. I wanted to tell this. Yes, it's it's. Uh, I I aiming for this, so at least. <laughs> something would happen i believe in the in the ten thousand hours uh if you uh, rule so yeah. if you i'm getting there <laughs> it's it's five years for me don't so... give up yeah no never no. if you never if you if you put passion and never give up then something will happen yeah yeah that's what I'm trying. Um, okay, so which one of these are true? A tortoise can't walk backwards. Mm -hmm. A kiwi can't fly. Or giraffes can't swim. So what is not true? Correct. A giraffe cannot swim. It's mm. a good answer. They're all true. Hmm? They're all. They're all true. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they're all true. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, we have a tortoise. I found it so strange that a tortoise can't walk backwards. Yeah. And it, it happened um, at the weekend. Our tortoise walked um, to the wall. But didn't, and it couldn't no, move. they just push. <laughs> just sat there. Or it would try climbing up. And then they capsized. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And then I, I said to my wife, can't they walk backwards? And we were like, uh, no. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh well, thank you so much for going through my silly questions, no, no I'm sorry that I, I'm not <laughs> so sharp to <laughs> to be able to answer. Yeah. No, you did fantastic for a guy that speaks a few languages. Uh, you did very, very good. So, my final thing is, um, I'll put links in there for your Instagram uh, and your website. Um, <clears throat> I do this pay it forward scheme. Would you like to recommend another photographer to come on the show? 
someone yes. you really like, someone that maybe would be willing to talk to us? Yeah, I I know a really nice, uh, well, there is a friend of, I, I have a couple of friends uh, which I would lo- love to uh, recommend you. And um, mm-hmm. uh, there is a friend of mine who's a photographer and uh, he lives here on the island also and he's Italian. And we've met just, okay. you know, we are just a few <laughs> Italians that we met here. And uh, is Marco Di Gianvito. He's uh, okay. he's mainly does uh, street photography. He's, uh, oh yeah. wow! Okay. And um, and then uh, there is a f- another friend of mine, an Italian, uh, Giordano Cipriani, which is uh, yeah he does also underwater photography, but he does this incredible uh, stories with tribes in Africa. And uh, he did an incredible oh. article on the crackeros, people who smokes cracks, crack in uh, in Brazil, in Rio, uh, following them. He has this incredible ability of following people uh, in exceptional uh, situations. Like, I would never do that. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Oh. Thank you so much. That, I can I can send um, you the links or Yeah. Yeah, that'd be very kind of you. Um so what all I've got to say is um thank you so much for coming on Lorenzo. Um your photography is fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate <laughs> <laughs> you keep keep the um science going. Uh, it'd be lovely to see. Um, what progress is made underwater with these reefs. Um, And uh, keep doing it, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. I have have to say, I have to thanks also my, um, I have some some support from from, uh, a few brands that make possible my underwater because otherwise it was not sustainable like uh economically so like aqualung for the scuba gears okay. and uh, neymar for the housings and the flex arm the i always want to thank them because it's i think it's it's uh mm. it's not you know i know it's can be feel like publicity but i i, I just like to yeah to thank because they believe in in my work and uh and i get gears and uh and I use mm. them, of course. Yeah. No, that I agree. Um, I'm all for people supporting you. Um, mutual, mutual mutual respect. respect. Yes, I know that can yeah. sound like you know. Like, yeah, uh, it but, can. But, yeah. Uh, I feel you know I have to to say thanks to to some people. Yeah, thanks to you also no, because I, this is a very incredible <laughs> way to you know be known and yeah okay so thank you so much and um i will speak to you again my friend of course thank you thank you andrew thanks a lot lorenzo thanks Is a it lot. ciao we say ciao ciao <laughs> ciao <laughs> okay you. bye bye